Chapter sixty eight of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Night That day at four o'clock, a man on horseback stopped in the outskirts of the park, just behind the baths of Apollo, where Monsieur de Rohan used to wait. He got off and looked at the places where the grass had been trodden down. Here are the traces, thought he. It is as I supposed. Monsieur de Chorny has returned for a fortnight, and this is where he enters the park. And he sighed. Leave him to his happiness. God gives to one and denies to another. But I will have proof tonight. I will hide in the bushes and see what happens. As for Charny, obedient to the Queen's commands, he waited for orders, but it was half-past ten and no one appeared. He waited with impatient anxiety. Then he began to think she had deceived him and had promised what she did not mean to perform. How could I be so foolish, I who saw her, to be taken in by her words and promises? At last he saw a figure approaching, wrapped in a large black mantle, and he uttered a cry of joy, for he recognized the queen. He ran to her and fell at her feet. Ah, here you are, sir. It is well. Ah, madame, I scarcely hoped you were coming. Have you your sword? Yes, madame. Where do you say those people came in? By this door. At what time? At midnight each time. There is no reason why they should not come again tonight. You have not spoken to anyone. To no one. Come into the thick wood and let us watch. I have not spoken of this to Monsieur de Crosny. I have already mentioned this creature to him, and if she be not arrested he is either incapable or in league with my enemies. It seems incredible that any one should dare to play such tricks under my eyes, unless they were sure of impunity. Therefore I think it is time to take the care of my reputation on myself. What do you think? Oh, madame, allow me to be silent. I am ashamed of all I have said. At least you are an honest man, replied the queen, and speak to the accused face to face. You do not stab in the dark. Oh, madame, it is eleven o'clock. I tremble. Look about, that no one is here. Charny obeyed. No one, said he. Where did the scenes pass that you have described? Oh, madame, I had a shock when I returned to you, for she stood just where you are at this moment. Here? cried the queen, leaving the place with disgust. Yes, madame, under the chestnut tree. Then, sir, let us move, for they will most likely come here again. He followed the queen to a different place, she, silent and proud, waited for the proof of her innocence to appear. Midnight struck. The door did not open. Half an hour passed, during which the queen asked ten times if they had always been punctual. Three quarters struck. The queen stamped with impatience. "'They will not come,' she cried. "'These misfortunes only happen to me.' And she looked at Charny ready to quarrel with him if she saw any expression of triumph or irony. But he, as his suspicions began to return, grew so pale 
and looked so melancholy that he was like the figure of a martyr. At last she took his arm and led him under the chestnut tree. "'You say,' she murmured, "'that it was here you saw her?' "'Yes, madame.' "'Here that she gave the rose?' And the queen, fatigued and wearied with waiting and disappointment, leaned against the tree and covered her face with her hands. But Charny could see the tears stealing through. At last she raised her head. "'Sir,' said she, "'I am condemned. I promised to prove to you today that I was calumniated. God does not permit it, and I submit. I have done what no other woman, not to say queen, would have done.' What a queen, who cannot reign over one heart, who cannot obtain the esteem of one honest man. Come, sir, give me your arm, if you do not despise me too much. Oh, madame, cried he, falling at her feet, if I were only an unhappy man who loves you, could you not pardon me? You, cried she with a bitter laugh, you love me? and believe me infamous oh madame you accuse me of giving roses kisses and love no sir no falsehoods you do not love me madame i saw these phantoms pity me for i am on the rack she took his hands yes you saw and you think it was i well if here under this same tree, you at my feet, I press your hands and say to you, Monsieur de Charny, I love you, I have loved, and shall love no one else in the world. May God pardon me. Will that convince you? Will you believe me then? As she spoke, she came so close to him that he felt her breath on his lips. Oh, cried Charny, now I am ready to die. "'Give me your arm,' said she, "'and teach me where they went and where she gave the rose.' And she took from her bosom a rose and held it to him. He took it and pressed it to his heart. "'Then,' continued she, "'the other gave him her hand to kiss.' "'Both her hands,' cried Charny, pressing his burning lips passionately on hers. "'Now,' they visited the baths so will we follow me to the place he followed her like a man in a strange happy dream they looked all around then opened the door and walked through they came out again two o'clock struck adieu said she go home until tomorrow and she walked away quickly toward the chateau when they were gone, a man rose from among the bushes. He had heard and seen all. End of chapter 68 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia